Coming to you live from the Chamber of Haunters studios, this is Haunting You. I am your host, Keone Hutton. And I'm Leslie Reed. And John, come on, man. You're killing us. Where are you? Your child no longer looks like Uncle Fester. You can you can come back. Yeah, he's, what, seven months at this point? Like, he he's practically a teenager. He can take care of himself. <laughs> is John even listening to these? Like, I don't I don't I know. We, we keep no making idea. fun of him, but, like, he may be completely so swamped that he's not even listening right now. I mean, I'm I'm way behind on catching up, but luckily I'm at least here for the recording portion. That's true. That's true. So you at least know what we're talking about, which I think is a perfect segue into what we're talking about. So the last two episodes, we have gotten the opportunity to get to know our Chamber of Haunters leadership. Two episodes ago, we had Linnell Freeman come on and tell us all about the Texas Haunters Convention, the official convention of the Chamber of Haunters, which, by the way, is happening this month, July this is coming out in July. So, yeah, I stand by my statement. It will. It is happening this month. If you're not already got your tickets, go get your tickets now. And then last episode, we got to talk with Andrea Vaughn and Ava Johnson, owners of Hayride of Horror, as well as uh, members of the board of the Chamber of Haunters. Had a ton of fun. If you haven't listened to that conversation, definitely go check it out because it was so much fun talking with them. But today we have our superstar. We have Miss Jen Knuth, the second vice president of the Chamber of Haunters. Welcome to the Haunting You podcast. We are so excited to talk with you. Well, thank you so much. I, I didn't know I was a superstar, but, <laughs> but now I, I'll, I'll try to live up to your expectations. I have, I, looking at what's in your background, I think you will do just fine. I love the zombie. Is that the Crypt Keeper I see in the background? Well, kind of. He's an old, he's the first prop I ever got. Um, he's uh, kind of just a dried up corpse that's a butler. <laughs> and so he nice. sits in my office because he's too fragile for the haunt. Yeah. So. Oh, love it. I love it. Well, that is, I think, a perfect segue. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. How'd you get started in the haunting industry? Uh, what, what's your story? Well, I was always one of those kids that loved Halloween, you know, like a lot of kids. But I really loved it. I really loved becoming someone different. I was one of those kids that always dressed so you didn't know who I was. <laughs> you know, I would yeah. hide my hair. I wouldn't speak. Um, I once went like four and a half hours without speaking, which if you know me very well, you know that's quite a task <laughs> for me. But, you know, I just really loved it. And then uh, years later, lived in different places, places where I didn't have trick-or-treaters. And my husband and I bought a house smack in the middle of town. And we went, oh, Halloween, we're going we're gonna to have to have candy and stuff. <laughs> and my dogs hated the doorbell, mm. absolutely hated the doorbell. And so it was an uncommonly beautiful fall. And so I said, I'm going to dress up and make my sister dress up. And I did make her do it. <laughs> and we were, we were witches, and we sat at a flower pot, basically. And talk to children. And people loved it. And we loved it. And the next year, I found out that I was a home hunter. <laughs> um, and so uh, it became bigger and bigger. The last year we did it at my home was 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm in a town of 5,500 people. And we had over 500 people come on Halloween night. Wow. 10% of the population. Yeah, that's, that's a big great. number, right? Yeah. And 
And my husband, who's always been very supportive, but he kind of went, um, you're ruining my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. And, you know, and we had broken gates. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of with him on that. And so I thought, you know, I think I can do this commercially. You know, I think I can. I was scared to death, but I thought I could. <laughs> And I actually had a real estate agent approach me and said, I have the perfect house for you. And she didn't even know I was thinking about doing it. So, you know, it's like the Halloween gods smiled on me. Yeah. And so we went and and bought this abandoned house for next to nothing and then dumped a whole bunch of money into it. (laughs) (laughs) And so 2014, Gray House Haunts opened for the first time. You know, like most haunts, we weren't really done. You know, there there was paint drying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? I know uh, that feeling. Oh, man. Yeah. But, you know, over the years, we've built it out. Now we're landlocked. We can't really grow anymore uh-huh. unless I have to move. But, you know, we're a small haunt, very theatrically based. I, I like to use actors. We do lots of different makeups and prosthetics. And, and so that was a completely new concept for my area. No one had ever done that. Uh-huh. So that's kind of our niche. That's our our brand. So we've been doing that since 2014. I, I need to pick your brain a little bit on this. You purchased, okay. it sounds like, a residential property, but you're running a commercial haunt in it. Right. That's got to come with some struggles. I imagine, like, the fire marshal and um, fire safety zoning. Yeah. Can you talk a little zoning. bit about it? Yeah, it is a little unusual. Um and, and I didn't realize how unusual until I started asking people, what do you do for insurance? <laughs> uh-huh. You know, things like that, because you either are on your property with a commercial license mm-hmm. or you're on a, in a private home, and I'm both and neither. Yeah, yeah. So what I found out is for my town, now this is only my town, you would mm-hmm. have to check with your local authorities. That, that is There's Holdridge. disclaimer. Hold Ridge, Nebraska. Hold Ridge, Nebraska. Yeah. They consider it a home business because it's a residence. Uh-huh. It's zoned okay. as a residence. So it's a home business. Okay. However, I have to pay insurance for a vacant residence. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a little tricky. And then, of course, I do specialty insurance when the haunt is open. But, like, sure. right now, I'm paying homeowner's insurance for that property. Right, right. But, yeah, it's, it, can, it can be a little hard to navigate. Um, but, you know, the fire marshal um, is, is fairly strict in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to have sprinklers. If there's any kind of ceiling at all, yeah, yeah. even a porch roof, we have to have sprinklers. And so, you know, I did things like I added two stairwells. So there's um, an entrance and an exit to each. Ah, uh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Otherwise, they'd be running into each other. I don't want that. Yeah. And the fire marshal wants them to have easy mm-hmm. um, egress, as right. they call it. Um, so there, there's multiple things. Uh, you know, most homes, the doors open in. Never thought about that, so I had to switch all the doors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, 
you know, that was the least of my expenses while <laughs> trying to make them happy. So, so that wasn't that big a deal. But it's just those, all of those things you have to consider. Mm-hmm. And and it's things you wouldn't ever think about until you come up, come up against it. Right. And the, actually, the the city guy told me he said, quit referring to it as a commercial business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but but that's what it is. This isn't my hobby. This is a business. And he said. It's a residential business. And he kind of like winked at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, shut up. Shut up yeah, now. Got it. Yeah, got Yeah, one of those. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, I was just, I wasn't afraid to ask questions. I wasn't afraid to tell you I don't know the answer, mm-hmm. but please let me do this. How do I do it? And because I just wanted so bad to try uh-huh you know um i didn't know i'd almost be dead on november 1st <laughs> you know, but, but but i'm still glad i did it and, but it's so worth it yeah it's so worth it yeah so uh, you said it opened in 2014 here we are seven years later how has it grown you know well we weren't open in 2020 um sure because not really so much because of restrictions from the government. I'm in a very conservative state. So, you know, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But we just didn't have space. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not in a factory or a, you know, a big warehouse or mm-hmm. something. I am in a room and that room is that size. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so I just decided this is not a good idea. But other than that, um, Every year we've been open, um, we have grown 12 to 20 percent. Wow. Um, and 12 was only one year. Uh-huh. Uh, the other was 15 to 20 percent each year. Wow. Um, I don't have a great population to pull from. Sure. That's, I think that um, makes I'm, your growth even more impressive. Well, I'm three hours west of Omaha. Okay. Okay. They'll drive and, for that. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's very rural. Uh, we are used to driving here, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you still, you know, if you take the amount of the population that's interested in what we do and then the amount of those that are willing to drive that far, you know, you just keep cutting away at my demographic. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the main thing we've done is, you know, marketing, obviously. Uh, Facebook works here. It might not work other places, but it does work here for now, at least. Um, <laughs> but you know, I did a lot of guerrilla tactics, parades. Ooh. You know, um, I print up these uh, bigger than a postcard, but basically postcards. Uh-huh. And and we would go to football games, and I would have like three people sticking my cards on every single car. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and I printed thousands of cards over the years. Um, and the thing is, not all of them are teens or 20s, but all of them are interested in a kid that is my demographic because they wouldn't be at a high school football game otherwise. <laughs> That's right. Right. Um, and it's it's a pretty cheap form of advertising. Um you know, I, I usually pay people like I, I know the first year was like, 
you know, fifteen dollars a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because you're running around hard, you know. Sure, but you're and also I only doing, you know, an hour or two, so. Exactly, and they think it's kind of fun. They get to help <laughs> and and um, participate in the growth. But I, I think it's been very helpful to our growth. What kind? Of, how many people are you seeing come through the hunt prior to 2020? Prior, prior to 2020. Um, the last year, which was 2019, we had 3,400. Wow. Um, what do your neighbors think? <laughs> well, I only have three neighbors. We, we're, okay. Um, we are on the edge of town on a gravel road. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of almost the perfect place. It's uh-huh. like on the edge of town, <laughs> you know, back in the shadow. Um, but um, when I when I was going to buy the property, I had a guy bidding against me, actually. And I had never owned a business. My husband's a, a pretty successful businessman, and I didn't know I was learning from him, but I was. Mm-hmm. Just observing and listening. And, mm-hmm. and so... When I wanted to do this, I went and talked to each of those three neighbors and said, this is what I want to do. It's only a few weekends in October. You know, we will shut down, you know, I didn't even know my hours at that time. But I said, we'll shut down before midnight. Um, and they were all like, that sounds great. Go for it. <laughs> and Supportive so neighbors. Then I, great. Yeah, exactly. So then I went to the guy that was bidding against me and I said, how do I get you to stop bidding against me? And he said, well, you know, I don't want the house. And I said, well, I want the house. What do you want? (laughs) And he said, I want that little plot of land on the back. And I Hmm. said, well, stop bidding against me and I'll sell you that plot of land. Interesting. And now I wish to God I had that plot of land. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. You know, but I got it. And I didn't have to keep going up on my bid yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes you just gotta it's a crapshoot but it worked yeah it sounds and like they've it never complained none of the neighbors have ever complained how many actors do you employ during the season i'm usually about 25 okay and they work every night or split up uh, up till now it's been every night mm-hmm. um, this year i'm anticipating splits uh-huh um you know, again, I don't have a huge population. Right. So sometimes it's, I have, you know, I wanted 25, I got 23, and, oh, please don't call in. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I but I always plan ahead. Um, you know, I call it domino casting. Mm-hmm. You know, so if this one falls... Well, I know this person fits that costume and they're capable and they'll move there and then I'll move this one. And then, you know, I might have a little bit of a hole here, but it's not a main character. Uh Uh-huh. You know, so you just keep rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you get to that point. How often are you open during the season? Like, what's your season look like? Um, Usually we open the second Saturday. And I usually run two Saturdays, then two full weekends, and then Halloween night. Okay. So we're on, usually only open six nights. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to do seven this year. I really believe, unless something drastic happens with the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, I think we will just be inundated yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. Seems to be 
where everything's headed is even remote and socially distanced haunts last year just absolutely killed it. And I think that that's something that's going to happen again this year, just even more so with more people being willing to go out and more haunts being open. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and you know, I, I heard somebody mention that a lot of, like, music festivals are being pushed mm. to uh, September and October. And, and I think that affects some haunts. But for once, I'm happy I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. We don't have music festivals, <laughs> you know. So I'm going to get all the customers, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I do think we're going to be inundated, and I think maybe for me and, and my physically small haunt, adding a night mm-hmm. might help me get those customers mm-hmm. through better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have a consistent theme every year, or do you change it up, or what's what's kind of your, your storyline that you guys have worked on? I, I, so far, I have the same theme every year because it is a house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it lends itself to what would you find in a haunted house. Um, mm-hmm. We do pretty much kind of a Civil War area era, um, leaning Victorian haunt. And, and our backstory is Dr. Gray was a Civil War surgeon. And, okay. And he came back and did horrific experiments on the villagers. And as Scott Swenson says, <laughs> and then something her- went horribly wrong. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But what that does is it, it gives me the ability to, you know, doctors back then, their office was in their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it fits the location very well. I can mm-hmm. still have an office. I can still have a morgue. And then what we do is, of course, we have the traditional cemetery, of course. Of course. But also I have a village in the backyard uh-huh. because, you know, I'm thinking like manor house. You okay. know, they yeah. would have a blacksmith. They would have the cook. They would, all of these things generally were outside. Sure. Okay. And so I can have multiple, you know, kinds of characters mm-hmm. that don't live in the house mm-hmm. proper. Explain to me a little bit how, like, the the flow of patrons through the house. Do you have multiple doors on every room? So, or, like, how, how does that work? Well, it's an old house. Uh-huh. And I probably won't get squat for it when I don't use it anymore. <laughs> So what I've learned to do is identify what's structural and what's not. And I will knock through it if it's not structural. <laughs> so you and, just added all kinds of extra doors. I did. Uh, there's multiple places where they're going through closets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you you would have the the door to the the room, and then I would just knock right through the closet to the next room. Mm-hmm. So that's your exit. <laughs> I love it. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, and so that you know they get. I don't have true squeeze rooms, but I do. If yeah. you think about most closets, yeah, you know I'm bringing them down to single file, and then just kind of pushing them out into the room. Mm-hmm. So because you're working, or because you are a home run business, wink, wink. Um, yeah. It sounds like nudge, you can get. Away, yeah, it sounds like you can get away <laughs> from like the accessibility laws and um, always have to be so wide. All of those things that I think some other haunts are struggling with. Right. Technically, yeah, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because I am, it's three levels, you know, I am not accessible handicapped-wise. Mm-hmm. I do always try to keep three foot of distance mm-hmm. um, for their pathways. 
just for safety's sake, so they're sure. not tripping sure. and whatnot. But yeah, I, I'm I'm not accessible. I think you know someone could maybe make it an issue, but since it's a residence, you can't make me change something in right. my residence. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, I would love to have a haunt that was accessible to anyone that wanted to come. That would be great. That just doesn't happen to be doesn't what work I here. have. Work yeah. with what you have right now. Yeah. Yep. yep. How big of a crew do you run? You know, it's not that big. I wish it was a little bigger. <laughs> I typically have 23 to 25 actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from, I do use Q actors. Okay. Um, that was also news to this area. No one had ever done that. Mm-hmm. And I happen to see it on a YouTube or something. But 23 to 25, uh, then I do have security, usually around 30 to 32. What about, like, building? Do you have the same people coming in to help you uh, move stuff around and uh, do all the construction? Or are you really doing that yourself? It's me. Just you. It's just you. It's me. Um, well, I, I did. I did start out. I had uh, two or three, di- you know, different summers. Mm-hmm. My niece Shay helped me every summer until this summer, and she thought she had to grow up and like get a job and what? get married what? and whatever. That, that, that seems <laughs> jobs that? are unnecessary. It, it's it's a little inconvenient for me. I'm just, <laughs> <yeah>. um, <laughs> how dare she? Um, but she was fabulous help. And, you know, we we went from barely using a screw gun mm-hmm. to saws. And so we had quite this, you know, metamorphosis through through the years, too, to the point where now I have these amazing tools. Hmm. And, my, and my husband's like, can I borrow your tools? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, get your own tools. And I'm like, I, you know what? He left one of my guns out in the yard last oh, summer, and I oh. said, you owe me a new gun. Oh. I more know. tools for you. Oh, honey. I know. <laughs> no more tools. He, he's lucky he's still married. Um, <laughs> that was a DeWalt. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Uh, but, yeah, so it's... Not that I don't need help sometimes, you know, obviously I need help sometimes, but mostly it's me and, and Shay was my best helper, but I, or most often helper. Mm -hmm. And then I had a couple of teenage boys, but they also decided to move away and get married and have children. Yeah. So last year we did, we built right into November Mm -hmm. because we weren't open. We could. Sure. Sure. So this year is lighter. And I'm glad because it is a transition year as mm-hmm. far as helpers and how do I do this now? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm putting feelers out, trying to find how do I diversify a little bit so that I'm not wearing every hat because Shay is gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if anybody listening to the podcast wants to go out to Holt Ridge, Nebraska, sounds like you might be looking for help. Hey. You never know. <laughs> you never you know. Never know. <laughs> I remembered my question when uh, when you asked yours, Les. Uh, what is the square footage of the house? How big of a house are we talking here? The backyard and the house are about seven thousand square feet. So not big at all. That's you... it's, no, it's not. It's it's a basically it's an old two story house uh-huh. with a ba- full basement. With a basement. And and I use every inch of that. We had it was a 
Oh, well, I would say it's a, the the kitchen's probably 10 by 12. Mm-hmm. And in order to have an interior workroom and a hallway, I cut the kitchen by a third. Mm, uh-huh. I mean, we are squeezed in so tight. You know, in August, it's pretty gnarly. August in Nebraska, no joke. Yeah, yeah. it is no joke around here. Uh, today was 104. Oh, and it's only June. Yeah. How bad so. was the humidity? You know, it wasn't too bad, actually. Okay. Because it well, stopped I, raining. Cause it does my grandparents' to- farm is in Beatrice. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm familiar with Nebraska. You're familiar with summer in Nebraska, yeah. Yes. It, it can be a little rough. We're kind of extreme here. Yeah. We're either cold or we're hot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not a lot. But, yeah, it's not a huge property. You know, and, and I've had people say, oh, I bet you wished you'd opened in Lincoln near Omaha. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> That would make something but easier, I, sure. But wouldn't I have also, gotten the property. I wouldn't. Know, I wouldn't own the property. I wouldn't have relationships with the city mm-hmm. like I do because oh, yeah. they wouldn't care. Yeah. They yeah. wouldn't care yeah. about me. You know, I wasn't married to this man at that time, so I wouldn't have had that support. You know, mm-hmm. so that it all comes together when it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds like even with that, you're absolutely have built a very very strong presence in the community and a presence for your haunt by being where you are i I think we have you know we i refer to us as the little haunt that could (laughs) because we are small we're never going to be big Mm -hmm. you know we can't be big yeah but we're good and we're dedicated and we put on a good show yep now can i put through a thousand people a night no Oh, I can. We'll go home at four. You know. <laughs> and the show would probably suffer. It would suffer a lot. Yeah, and that's, um, that's the thing. is, do you, do you really want to? Or is it worth it just to add that extra night like you're talking about doing this year? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't want to put a thousand through a night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would tear up my actors. It, it would tear up the quality, like you mentioned. And I don't have the ability to do it. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't have the staff. I don't have the infrastructure to do that, and I literally don't have the space. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, my my thing is, you know, you brand yourself, you stick to your brand, and put on a really high-quality show wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're in a basement or you're in a garage, or you know, but make it quality. Make it quality. That's it. That's it. Because yeah. you make it quality, and people want to come back. Right. We have a lot of return customers. I imagine you'd have to. uh, You know, I would venture to guess. I haven't asked. Maybe I should. But I bet 70% of my customers are the same ones that came last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. It says a lot. Yeah, if they keep coming back, it says a lot about the the quality of the show you're putting on. So I'm I'm trying to get the timeline. You opened Grey House in 14. So 13 was the first time you really tried home haunting? Oh, I said that wrong earlier. Sorry okay. about that. I think it was 2007. Okay. So you were home haunting for a I few years home before you... Because I like seven years. Uh-huh. Um, and it just got so big. We hear that and, a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get involved with the chamber then? Well, I actually saw a Facebook post. Um, Keeps coming back to was, Facebook. 
Yeah, Rob had posted about, you know, wanting to talk to people about starting this Chamber of Haunters. And so I said, you know, sent him a message and said, hey, you know, give me a call. I'd like to talk to you about it. You know, what Mm -hmm. are you offering and that kind of thing. And I had actually, this is going to sound silly, but I am not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I Um, sympathize with you greatly. I I as well. (laughs) At the haunt, because see, to me, it's just the three of us chatting. Uh Uh-huh. I'm fine with that. You know, I don't want to hang out with 30 people. Me neither. (laughs) I get exhausted when I am forced to. Um, Yeah. And even at the haunt, I love being on on the edges. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be in the shadows. I want to listen and watch and direct and correct and, and all that. But what I discovered was that since I was in this little island by myself, far from other people, from other haunters, the only way that I was going to get to know people and find a support group, etc., was to put myself out on online. Mm-hmm. And so very awkwardly and timidly, I'm like, okay, here I am. And so that was one of the reasons that I talked to Rob was I was making myself step out of my comfort zone and say hello, you know, my name's Jan, which I don't do well. <laughs> but but we talked on the phone, and, and as we were discussing what his views were of, you know, enhancing haunters experiences and uh, creating networks for them and hopefully some benefits for them I said uh, what about home haunters <laughs> because I started as a home hunter and, I, and I've seen some of the attitudes about quote unquote home haunters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even worse just a home haunter <laughs> And that just makes me furious because really if you talk to – I would bet you 90% of haunters right now were home haunters to begin with. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. It's how you get started. I mean how many people get started by going to a professional haunt at the age of, you know, let's say 10 and then being like, I want to do this. And how many professional haunts are then going to take a 10-year-old to be like, yeah, sure, do this. You're not going to. You start off with – Jumping out Mom, of the I'm bushes gonna, in your mom's I'm gonna front jump yard. Out of the bushes. Your mom goes, yeah, yeah, okay, honey, have fun. <laughs> You'll never make any money on that. <laughs> no, but I'll scare well, people, which, and it's fun. Yeah, but most of us don't make money. We just <laughs> want to do it. We do it because it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, but with Rob, when when he told me, he said absolutely. He said I want to include home haunters and actors and makeup artist and whoever in the industry considers themselves part of the industry and wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And and I told him right then and there on that first phone call, I said, well, I would like to be considered for the board. I said, I don't know what I can bring to it, but I, I'd like to help if I can. Yeah. You saw his vision and you, you wanted know, to, to help make it come. Absolutely. And, and I think... You know, one of the things that happens, and whether it's um, feeling intimidated or or being left out, sometimes the smaller haunts, you know, the individuals, you know, 
like the subcontractors, the people that don't have this big network around them, they feel yeah. really left out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to feel that way because I have felt that way. It's nicer to belong to a community. And, you know, even if I haven't met most of them in person, I know I can holler at Linnell, you know, and ask her a question. Uh-huh. Or, you know, July I'll be meeting her in person. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that'll be a really fun meeting. We I, had a it lo- will. We had a lot of fun talking with Linnell. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> no, I absolutely love what you're saying. And it really speaks to, I think, our story. You know, we, we're home hunters. We're still home hunters. We want to go pro one day. And really, until we started this podcast, we were very much on our own we we were doing what we do and i think we were doing it pretty well we're doing it well but i mean we were doing it in our little bubble of isolation of the the three of us and our families right. and you know our, our the neighborhoods i mean mainly case neighborhood because we used his house <laughs> yeah but you know the, the the you know his neighbors as our kind of test subjects for how you know our zombie apocalypse and then later for arkham but it was very isolating and not having, you know, other people that, you know, you, you go to you go to work like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm putting on a home haunt. And they're like, you're doing what? <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm putting yeah. on a haunted house in my friend's front yard. Mm-hmm. Aren't you an adult? <laughs> yes. Well. Which means I have the budget to do this. Yes. That's the one. <laughs> I'll do the exact same things I did as a kid, except now I have money. Which is a little dangerous right. sometimes. But I'm not, you know, pulling out of couch cushions. Right. Most of the time. Right. Well, but to, but not to anymore. Fi- not any- uh, occasionally, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But to find, like, with every episode we've put out, we have met more and more people in the industry, and we have learned so much. And it really took us putting ourselves out there to mm-hmm. build those connections and build the network. And when Rob approached us about, hey, we would like to sponsor your podcast, and we started talking with him, he's like, Yes, what the what the what you were saying, what the chamber stands for, being a home for all haunters, that is how we feel, and we really want to be a part of that as well. So, I totally get where you're coming from, and and really appreciate all the work that you guys have done to make the chamber what it is so far. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's a lot of work to be done. You know, obviously something like this doesn't just grow overnight. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, obviously. When you're an industry organization, guess what else we all do at the same time? We haunt and we build (laughs) haunts. So we have this little tiny window every year, you know. But I I think one of the things that that I would really like to see, and, and I have discussed this with Rob, so I feel I can say it publicly. I really want to get people, and introverted me, I don't really know how to do it. I might actually have to put myself out there, and that's awful. <laughs> but I want to get the members to be like, hey, Leslie, I'm going to share this video. and you know, I'm going to put it on the Inner Chamber Facebook page and it's because I, I started doing foam work. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's my ideal. Uh-huh. It's not just... Well, you know, Jan found this guy, and he really knows how to do this well. I, I want it to be a member that feels comfortable to say, well, I know how to how to do this. What if I did a little 15-minute video on it? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we're all experts. We don't give ourselves credit. I don't give myself enough credit. We know what we're doing. We can do it better. We can always learn more. I personally don't know how to do foam work. Mm-hmm. But I do a lot of other things really well. Yeah. We need to give ourselves credit for the experts that we are. And there's always new people coming up that don't know about monster mud mixes or, you know, what's the easiest, fastest way to distress or rust? Mm-hmm. Who do I talk to about insurance? You know, whatever, that it runs that gamut. And Facebook pages, public Facebook pages are great. But as we all know, sometimes you get hammered. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, you're the newbie and you're like, what's a good monster mud recipe? And everybody's like, oh, my God, look it up. Go use the search bar. Yeah. Not, not calling anyone out, but <clears throat> see that. No, yeah, no, we don't know anybody does that. Right. But, but, you know, why is that a problem? You know, why is that a problem to just answer? Mm-hmm. Because or you even, didn't know at one time either. Absolutely. Or even to give feedback. I mean, you see it where somebody posts of, I just tried airbrush makeup for the first time. Take a look at what I did. And you've got, you know, half of the responses are very, very positive and, you know, genuine. Oh, that's super cool. Hey, have you tried this technique? And then the other half is like, wow, that's shit. You really shouldn't bother. Just go find a professional. (laughs) You're like, okay, that's unhelpful. And especially for people who are introverted or I'm trying something new. I don't entirely know what I'm doing. It's extremely demoralizing. Extremely. And you know what happens to those people? They never do it again. Most of them, they never post again. Mm -hmm. They never interact again, and they go back onto their island. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I um, I I very much try at least to use. It's an old technique. It's constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. You can't just say I don't like that, or that sucks. No, that's not allowed in constructive criticism. You can say. You know, I, I think you're on the right path, but maybe try a little yellow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting a little muddy. Maybe try some yellow. So you can give the critique, but you also have to give a solution. Right, yeah. right. That that's doesn't that's mean, what helps people grow. It, that yeah. doesn't mean the creator will take the solution, but it's, but, it's supportive that way. Yeah, yeah you, you haven't shut them down or it's a you, you're on the right track. Why don't you here's a really, really great YouTube artist that I learned from or that I've been watching and that's been helping me. Exactly. You give them more resources to be better instead of just being like, yeah, OK, yeah. you're new. Pretty, pretty clear. It's the first time doing this. Yeah. And something yeah. I try to do is always talk about myself. Here is something I have done. Here is how I would do it. Yeah. That way, I'm not trying to pressure anyone. I'm just giving my opinion. This is what I have done. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, try something else. Right. And, and you know, and some people just can't take any kind of criticism. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's true. And, and I mean, me too. Sometimes I'm, you know, get cranky. But I, I think if you approach it properly, you don't have to alienate people. Mm-hmm. And particularly, I think within within the 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 chamber model, I think we can create that environment where it's only helpful, or yes. and only you know and positive. If you you know it, it 
would absolutely be one of those places if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Absolutely. It's okay to critique. It's not okay to criticize. Right. Right. You know, being a creator can be so hard because you are pouring your heart and your soul into something and then you're putting it out there for everybody to judge. And yeah. if you don't find that support, it, it can just crush you. So listeners, I'm talking to you real quick. Please be supportive. Use that constructive criticism to help people get better. Please give us constructive criticism on the podcast. We are more than happy to take that. But don't be mean because it will just crush us. Yeah, we then appreciate we all that. just go home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> cry into our beers. Speaking of right. mine's empty. <laughs> Suppose I have to switch to water. Exactly. Oh. Disappointment. So we've got to take a quick break real quick. Um, make sure we have a spot here for any advertisers who want to, uh, want to advertise with us. Hint, hint, all you people listening, if you have anything you would like to get out there, we're more than happy to help you do that. Uh, so we'll take a quick break, hear from our advertisers, and then we'll, we will be right back with Miss Jan Knuth. Alrighty, and we are back from our sponsors. Thank you all. And with us again, if you haven't been paying attention, is uh, Jan Knuth from the Chamber of Haunters. So you're the second vice president of the chamber. Tell us a little bit about what those duties entail. Well, for instance, I am the head of, well, I'm going to be working on, I have not started. I'm going to be working on some more human resources type of okay. resources for uh-huh. people along the lines of, you know, hostile workplace, harassment, mm, um, yeah. okay. that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And, and that's inclusive. That's, you know, customers to actors, you know, actors to other staff, you know, all, all the way around that merry-go-round. And, uh, you know, we'd really like to educate people on ways that we don't pay attention. How do you mean? And we create an environment that can actually be conducive to harassment. Mm, Um, I see. uh, For instance, there was a a Facebook post about assaults on young actresses Uh in the haunt industry. And, And this ranged from assaults from verbal all the way to to groping on this particular post. Mm. And one of the young women told a story about that uh, the costuming had put her in a skirt and then they put her on a grate and people walked uh. under it. <laughs> and and so, of course, then she couldn't figure out why all the male actors were hanging out <laughs> under her grade. Uh-huh. And so when she figured it out, she's humiliated and upset. And so basically, I'm quite sure unintentionally, I will give the benefit of the doubt, I'm sure that was unintentional, but they created an atmosphere for her to be harassed mm-hmm. and, and humiliated. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it's just a matter of making people more aware. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, think, I think in a lot of cases, people don't even think about it. I, I will say, I, I'll bet the person that put her on that grate wasn't a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because we think about things like that because we've yeah. worn skirts. Yeah. You know? yeah. 
Um, not that women are the only ones that wear skirts, but in general, we wear more skirts. And so, you know, we think about things like that. You know, you cross your legs a certain way. You don't stand on subway grates like Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, the, the situational awareness, mm-hmm. we handle it differently. Yeah. Particularly yeah, with and, and being aware of how we're dressed and what we need to be paying attention to. And that's something that, again, we're raised with that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and and unfortunately and fortunately, you know, yeah. most unfortunately of us are, you need are, to be raised that way. Right. We have to know these things mm-hmm. to be self-protective. Right. But it's also unfortunate that we have to be self-protective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's it's small things that can be big things. If right. You, if you right. don't pay attention. I don't. Our parking lot's dark. I can't do anything about it. It doesn't even belong to me. And so I have a rule. No actor walks out alone. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... It's yes, it is particularly. I don't want my young ladies walking out there by themselves, but I'm not going to put it out there like that because, by the way, that's a little discriminatory too. Sure. Um, sure. Because young men can be attacked as well. So you know, it's you know, it's kindergarten. You know, everyone's too. buddy system. Yeah, but they're safer, and, and I feel better about it. And you know, when there's two or three of us there at the end of the night. We all wait till all the cars start. We all wait till they're all moving. Yep. You yep. know, and because we're a team and we have to look out for each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think kind of what we were talking about and being women in, in, in the haunt industry. And you wrote a book on that. And I really want to. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, and I really need to. I don't. Uh, I don't think it's even. I don't think it's out yet. Is it? It's not out yet. I'm supposed to have. I am actually literally supposed to have a pre-sale link like any moment. (laughs) I'm Uh, hoping we will have it before the podcast comes out, so I can link it. I sure hope so. I sure we we had some bumps in the road. Not to be a downer, but um, I was literally in the middle of editing the book. And my mom got sick with COVID and passed away. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. And so it sat here on my desk for, I know it was at least a month, just sat here. Mm -hmm. And so we we got really behind. And then other things have come up, and I think they're COVID-related, too. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's just taken a little longer. Everything's taken longer than it normally does. Sure. But, yeah, I'm going to have a link any second. Well, so tell us about the book. Well, it, you know, it's not a how-to book. It's it's about women in the haunt industry. And we, Candy Cross, my co-author, and I interviewed 11 different haunters, almost entirely women. We did we, we threw a few men in there, you know, just as tokens. <laughs> you got, um, got to have a token male occasionally. Yeah. But I, I really wanted I really wanted different perspectives, you know, from from haunt owners to actors to vendors, convention owners, mm-hmm. and, you know, people that are more in the consul- uh, consulting. And, um, and, and I just wanted to kind of get an overview of and highlight women that haunt 
and that work in this industry because I think for the longest time it's been very male dominated. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's almost more the public face of it though. The public face is male. Mm-hmm. But if you really look, most staff, of us there are a lot of women in the haunt industry. Yeah. And for whatever reason, uh, a lot of us have just taken a step back. And you know, um Kind of like that term, the haunt widow. It's always, <laughs> it's always assumed to apply to the woman. Mm-hmm. Well, in my case, that applies to my husband. <laughs> Yours you too, know, I'm at, <laughs> Mine too. Yeah, I'm at the haunt. He's at home with the four dogs. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Mine's but, downstairs but I, babysitting our puppy. Yeah, and so I, I, I really just wanted to say we're here. You know. Shine a light. Yeah, it's not instead of men, it's along with them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and we are definitely here. You know, most of my crew, we're about 60% women. It doesn't have anything to do with my gender. It has to do with that's who shows up. Yeah, totally. You know, that's who wants to participate. Uh, women seem to really like be attracted to this idea of getting to be someone else. We can be whoever we want. We can hide in the shadows. The, I mean, if if just as from the acting perspective, there's a sense of power in making a 21 year old frat boy piss himself. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's it's hysterical too. Um, <laughs> but but I do I think that I think that's cultural. It's kind of like we were talking about earlier that that you know we culturally learn to take care of ourselves to be self protective and therefore sometimes we want to be the predator mm. mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we want to do it in a safe way in an environment you know where no one's truly going to get harmed and you know the the type the of thing that a haunt retaliation risk is lower right and, i think, and I think so, that's the big one is it's you know there's still a, a retaliation risk but it's being in a controlled environment, being in a place where you know there's security, you know that you know you're one shout away from having your haunt family come down with whatever you know for whatever you need, you know it's, right. it's it puts it in a in a safe environment. It puts it in an environment where you know they're coming here for this, so they really shouldn't be upset when I'm successful. But that we know that's not quite true, and oh, that's yes. another show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a whole other story. But yeah, I think I think women find it power empowering. Yeah, I mean, I one of my favorite things about it is I I can't act unless I'm in full makeup and costume. <laughs> I can't do it as myself. But as soon as I mean, my my favorite haunt experience is I was dressed up as Harley Quinn, sparking a bat on a metal fence, scaring his neighbor kids. And, you know, entertaining them and trying to steal their candy. Well, I wasn't trying to steal it. I was convincing them to give me. I was going to say, there was no trying. You got way more candy than you should have. I'm very persuasive. (laughs) Especially with a bat. That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Can you give us any sneak peeks in the book? Any uh, anecdotes that that jump out at you that you you can share? Oh, let's see. Do you want to know any of the people in it? Yes. I mean, if you want to divulge it, absolutely. 
Okay, I'm I'm gonna name drop a okay. little bit because you know what's the point if you can't. <laughs> um, well, uh, Linnell Freeman is one of the people that I interviewed. Awesome. Um, partly because she's just an amazing person, but also because she has a really vast experience in, in the haunt industry, and now she's running a convention. You know, yeah, with yeah. partners, and, and uh, so she's doing amazing things. I also have uh, Scott Swenson. Okay. Did a really nice interview with us. Alan and Shannon Hops awesome. did an interview, nice. um, which which I really I really like that you know most of us know those names, but what a lot of people don't realize is that um, you know while Alan is very much you know just a creative hurricane, Shannon is kind of. She is the backbone of Still Be Studios. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, so so we talked to her because I I felt like, you know, she probably had something to say about this too, and and mm. of course she's a, a highly intelligent woman. And, and then you know I brought in, like I said, a couple of vendors, uh, haunt shirts. Melissa Winton, she she did a great interview. Uh-huh. Uh, she's one of the people I cannot wait to meet in person. <laughs> I I think. I think we could tear a bar up. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I learned some interesting things. It's really hard to do what you guys do and stay on a certain topic because mm-hmm. if you're if it's a hunter talking to a hunter, guess what we want to talk about? Everything. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, we don't want to talk about, you know, well, the – the cultural ramifications, you know, we want to talk about how did you do that and can I replicate it? Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Um, so that that was a little tough. One of the subjects that, of course, came up when we were talking about women in haunting is discrimination. Mm-hmm. And does it exist? Doesn't it exist? And I, I found it really interesting. I've come up against some. I wouldn't say it's extreme. But it's there, mm-hmm. um, just like any other industry I've worked in in my life. But I actually had responses from women that went all the way from it's terrible in this industry to I've never seen it in this industry. Interesting. And, you know, I'm not like a sociology major or something, so I don't even know what to do with that information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I found it really fascinating. How can these women have such extremely different experiences? And I don't know. I, I kind of want to find out. It, it seems like it's just highlights the diversity of the industry in terms of just individual perspectives and cultures that different haunt odors try to bring to their haunt, where some of them, they don't care. It's a boys club. It's always going to be a boys club, and that's what it is. And others are working very, very hard to bring a sense of wider community and acceptance. Um, so I think it's just there is no one reality to the industry. Yeah, that was. But one it would definitely be interesting to to really kind of get into further and and do some more interviews and you know talk to people at cons as to what their experiences have been absolutely that was one of the things that really struck me with our conversation with uh, andrea and ava last episode the way that they have built um such an inclusive Mm -hmm. culture at their haunt Mm -hmm. and i can't imagine 
every haunt is doing it as thoroughly or as deliberately maybe as they are and or at all in some cases or or I'm at sure. all yeah and so i have to imagine that that it is that some level of a contributor but i agree with you i think this would be an absolutely fascinating study if there was if someone was willing to take that on yeah i i think it would be and and you know as far as the diversity you know that was one of the reasons that I also wanted to include men was how do men view it? You know, the couple that I did interview, how mm-hmm. do they view it from their perspective? What do they do to, you know, help their actors, you know, whatever gender or whatever age, you know, to be more comfortable, to be safer. And, and so, you know, I found that fathers tend to be a little more cognizant of keeping female actors safe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, that they, I, I think that, you know, they just, that something happens when you become a parent. I don't know. I'm not one, but uh-huh. I watched it happen where they go, well, that could be my daughter. And that's not going to happen to my daughter. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, you know, diversity, we, I've tried in, in the book to, to bring a little bit of a light to that. Um, a wonderful actress that we talked to, Casey Cole. She's an African-American actress, and she's just amazing. And uh, almost a whole chapter is basically dedicated to her. Uh, and it's because she just, she was so honest and so forthcoming. She would love to see more people of color, uh, you know, whatever race, but in our industry. Yeah, yeah. Um but we also have to make sure the welcome mats out. Absolutely. I learned something. I, I live in an almost entirely white community, rural Nebraska. And about 45 minutes away from me is a, a community that's probably, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would guess about half white and about half Hispanic. Um, and so, of course, they're close enough to me. I wanted to go grab those customers and, you know, drag them on over here. And so... My sister and I went over there and we hung all these flyers and posters and we did cards on the cars at their football games. And, you know, aren't we fabulous? We're so proactive. And then I was doing this book and I was talking to someone and it was like a bomb went off in my head. And I realized that I had went to a largely Hispanic speaking community and put up English only flyers. Mm. And it was like, oh my gosh. Not only was that a business missed opportunity, but I was also kind of telling them that maybe they weren't all that welcome here. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to be telling them that, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously. I want them to come, but I wasn't making an effort to make them feel welcome. Right, right. You weren't being deliberate about it. Right. And so, you know, we all can do better. Even those of us that think we're enlightened and open-minded, we can do better. It's, a, it's those unconscious Honestly. biases that we don't even know we have. And it's, it's just as simple as I didn't even think about it. I didn't. That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just blew my mind like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why would I do that? <laughs> and it's because I made an assumption. My unconscious bias was that everybody reads English. Right. Boom. Done. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's just simply not true. 
And yes, I know the argument would be a lot of the kids do. They do. But I also want grandma to see that and, you know, and their aunt and their uncle, because those people might be interested, but they also are going to tell those kids, hey, you ought to go over to Holdridge. Absolutely. You know? Or at the very least, kids need a ride. Yeah, they need a ride. Or, <laughs> well, you know. pulling it off the, the, the car is not necessarily, I mean, that's not necessarily going to be the kid that speaks English. Exactly. I, mean, yeah. I don't know that. So, you, you know, what I plan to do is have a, you know, a two-column mm-hmm. flyer that, you know, one's uh, English and one's Spanish. Mm-hmm. And the bizarre thing about that is I have a Spanish teacher on my staff. <laughs> like, God, sometimes I'm so dense. <laughs> <laughs> but usually, once I learn the lesson, I've learned it really well. Yeah. So, and I appreciate you sharing that because now we all can keep that in the forefront of our mind as we're working on our marketing as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and and that I think that's part of this this consciousness. You know, whether it's to to protect physically our staff and our customers, mm-hmm. or or to protect them mentally and emotionally. Um. But it's always checking yourself, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and asking yourself, who's not in this room with me having this discussion that maybe should be here if this is what I'm trying to do? And, you know, how do we bring these people into the room? How do we make them, or rather give them an opportunity to be heard? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and support them when they are speaking up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we here at, at Gray House... Like I said, racially in our immediate areas, it's. Uh, someone said to me, "I see white people," because <laughs> um, that's pretty much what it is, and I and I can't change that. But mm-hmm. we have in our staff a lot of LGBTQIA people, and we also have some incredibly conservative people who maybe had beliefs, preconceived notions. Yes, there we go. Preconceived notions, and and we when we bring them all together, they start to see each other as humans, you know, not as this label or that label, but yeah. just yeah. hey, that's that guy, and and you know, and we have a lot of fun at the haunt, and and it's all cool, and and I had an actor that went to a larger community briefly in September and then he worked for me in October a couple years ago and he had a bad experience he was kind of bullied and it didn't go well and part of me just I wanted to drive up there you know and whoop somebody's ass (laughs) Um, because I thought how dare you Mm -hmm. you know number one that's one of my kids I don't have children. These are my kids. Those maternal instincts sticking in anyway. These are my kids, and you keep your hands off of them. But also, it was, we are haunters. And and I, I, I told my staff that year, I said, you know, I've heard of some bullying going on in different haunts around. I said, I've never seen it here. And I said, by God, I better not ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, because... I will have a zero tolerance. I will put holes in my show before I tolerate that kind of crap. It's There's no place for it. You know, we are supposed to be the freaks. So how can we bully others? Yeah, if you, if you, you can't know? be safe here, then yeah, you can't be I mean, safe anywhere. 
we're supposed to be a family of freaks, you know. How often do you belong anywhere where you can call each other a freak and that's a compliment? <laughs> you know, so we we should we should be accepting of each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whether you're a white middle-aged lady in Nebraska or or you know, you're you know, a gay guy that wants to come work for her. You know, we should all be accepting of each other. What do you think shocked you or amazed you the most as you were doing these interviews for the book? What was the thing you, or what was the biggest revelation perhaps? I, I think it was kind of, Leslie touched on it. It's that the diversity of the experiences, you mm-hmm. know, to go mm-hmm. from people that have absolutely, you know, just had terrible experiences to the ones that have had none. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was just stunning to me. The other thing, though, that I that was reinforced, I don't know, I learned it, but it was reinforced in me, is that for the most part, the larger community of haunters are pretty accepting people. You know, they might not believe exactly the way we do or, you know, vote the way we do, but they just want to do a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which, I mean, at least it's common ground. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Again, we're all people. Yeah, we can build um, from there. As long as we have common there. ground, we can build from there. But yeah, I uh as I said, the the discrimination I've experienced has been, you know, on the more just kinda made me mad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't like hurt or offended or certainly not physically hurt. But when I started Grey House, I contacted a contractor to come and, and talk to me about putting in an additional stairwell and my husband was over in the driveway leaning against a trailer and I'm gone and I want this and then I wanted to do this and you know I need an estimate you know I need a quote Mm -hmm. and he walked over to Steve my husband and started discussing it with him Mm. and I have to admit 20 years ago I would have just stood there and been angry I would have yeah. But not anymore. <laughs> um, and so I walked over to him and I said, since I'm the one writing the checks, you should probably be talking to me. <laughs> if you'd like this check, you should probably be talking to um, me. He, he did not get the job. <laughs> um, no money and, for you. Yeah. Well, you know, there are consequences for our actions. Absolutely. And, you know, I think... Again, it's awareness. Don't make assumptions. Yep. You know. Yep. But but for me, those are the types of things I've run into. I talked to uh, in for the book Sue Gray from Greystone Manor uh, down in Texas, and she is like me. She is a the sole owner and proprietor of her haunt. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, so many people think, oh well, you know, there's a husband along or there's a boyfriend along, and we're like. No, but I'll show you my tools. <laughs> you know, I'll show you my workshop. You know, I, I have a new shop. But yeah, it's there's assumptions made, but sometimes you address them and sometimes you let them slide. Yeah. Which battle do you want to fight? And if it's not worth it, you just don't give the guy the job. That's it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so we have been having such a great conversation. Uh, we're running a little bit long. Can you tell us uh, where people will be able to get your book, or is it too early to say? Well, it will be on 
Amazon and Barnes and Noble for sure. I am going to have a link any second. (laughs) We are keeping our (laughs) fingers crossed. Come on. As soon as as you get it, please send it to me and I will absolutely put it up on our social media as well as uh, included in the show notes that when people listen to this episode, they'll be able to get it right there. Definitely. Yeah, that would be great. Perfect. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners before we, we close it out? You know, I don't. I just, I wish them all a really great year. You know, 2020 was such a struggle and part of 21 was such a struggle. Mm -hmm. But I think we are heading for bigger and better things and, you know, more scary stuff. I hope so, too. Jan, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your perspective, uh, telling us about your haunt, telling us about your book. I am so excited. As soon as it hits the market, I am certainly picking up a copy. And we would love to have you back, if you don't mind, um, after we've had a chance to read it, so we we could talk about it with you some more. I would love that. I would love that. Awesome. Awesome. We'll, we'll have to pencil it in. If people want to find out more about your haunt, about you, how can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? This is your chance to plug your, your social media, your website, whatever you have. Right. You bet. We're on Facebook at Gray House Haunts. That's gray with an E. Um, and it's grayhousehaunts.com. Yeah. Come see us if you're in Nebraska. Perfect. I'd love to, I'll even give you a special tour. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Les, I think we're going to have to road trip. Uh, that's a good reason to go to Nebraska that's the best reason to go to Nebraska (laughs) perfect that's one of the few reasons (laughs) unless you like corn corn is a good reason and sorghum (laughs) yeah she knows sorghum oh my goodness I'm a woman of many talents and a lot of random information yeah this was fun you guys I thought so too yeah it, was, it ended up being a really great conversation, and you know we usually try to keep these episodes to an hour. This one has—I mean, we're at an hour twenty-one already. <laughs> I said I'm an introvert. I didn't say I didn't like talking. <laughs> well, thankfully, this is an audio podcast, and talking is exactly what we need. <laughs> yeah, I love a good chat. Me too. Me so, too. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming out, and we'll, uh, we'll let you go so we can wrap up real quick. And I know Les needs right. to get well, back I, to her puppy. I appreciate the opportunity, yes. guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. All right. right, I'll talk to you later. We'll be in touch. Thanks so much again. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was just a ton of fun getting to talk with Miss Jan Knuth, author or one of the authors of the new book, Not Afraid to Slay, Women of the Haunt Industry, that you can now pre-order on both Amazon.com as well as Barnes & Noble. Definitely go check it out. Check out the show notes from today's episode, and there will be a link to it right there. Well, Leslie has abandoned me because she had to go take care of her brand new puppy, so it looks like it's going to fall to me to wrap up the podcast today. I apologize to everyone who is tired of listening to me talk. Feel free to log off now if you would like. However, if you are willing to stick around for just a couple of minutes, we, of course, have The Chamber's Corner. The Haunting You podcast is the official podcast of the Chamber of Haunters, as we have so uh, clearly seen over the last three episodes, as we've gotten to know the, uh, the some of the leadership of the Chamber. And every month we like to give an opportunity to the Chamber to let us know what is happening. So let's see what Mr. Robert Knowlton, president of the Chamber of Haunters, has for us this month. The Chamber of Haunters is preparing for its annual convention, which is being held from July 16th to 18th, 2021 in Mesquite, Texas. The Texas Haunters Convention is in its third year of operations, while the Chamber of Haunters is in its second year of operations. 
2020 was a rough year for both of us, but we survived and are looking forward to gathering together to make 2021 our best year yet. Our board of directors have been hard at work preparing a new vision and mission to roll out starting at the convention during our annual meeting, which is set to take place Saturday, July 17, 2021. All are welcome to attend, and the meeting is free to all, though only dues-paying members can participate in the meeting itself. We would like to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Standout Advertising for our new logo design, and all the work they have put in for the convention. Don't Be a Monster, which serves as our official charity. Haunting You, which serves as our official podcast and gives us so much publicity, so thank you. And to Texas Haunters Convention for serving as our official convention home. They have been amazing to work with and partner with, and we are so glad that our vision and mission 100% aligns with theirs, which makes us so compatible. We look forward to a very profitable and wonderful future together. We have been asked all the time, what makes us different? What sets us apart from other organizations? Well, this is really not the question you're trying to ask. Not really. What you want to know is, what are we going to do for you? That is the real question that you want an answer to. So the real answer is that when you have an issue, what will we do? We will create a solution. When you have a problem with patrons within your attraction, what will we do? We will create a solution. When you need help with actors or staffing issues, what will we do? We will create a solution. That is what haunters do. They create. And here at the Chamber of Haunters, that is our motto. When our members have a need, we will create. That is what you will get when you join the Chamber of Haunters along with many other benefits. Do not wait. Join today. Go to our website at chamberofhaunters.com and use the code THC2021 to receive 50% off. That's an incredible deal. 50% off any membership. Also, those who join between now and July 19th will be placed into a drawing to win one of three horror-filled mystery boxes from Ghoulish Goodies. So, join now to get yours. Note that we have the following memberships. Haunt fans and individuals. Cosplayers. Paranormal societies and investigators. Home, yard, and charity haunts. Small, medium, and large haunts. Escape rooms, vendors, and review crews. So if you fall into any of these categories, join us today, because at the Chamber of Haunters, we are a home for all haunters. Thank you, Robert, for such an inspirational Chamber's Corner. You have inspired me. I wish if I wasn't already a member, I would absolutely be going to sign up right now and taking advantage of that 50% off. That is a heck of a deal, not to mention getting entered into the drawing for uh, these boxes from Ghoulish Goodies. I saw uh, their chat on the on Facebook on the Chamber of Hunters page, and it looks like those boxes are going to be pretty cool. So you do not want to miss out. If you are not already a member of the Chamber, go to chamberofhunters.com, sign up today. So a quick roundup of the Haunting You social media. Where can you find us? Well, of course, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash haunting you. We are on Twitter at haunting Univer one. That's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. And on Instagram at haunting university. And then, of course, if you want to follow along and see what is happening with our haunt, our home haunt, Sanguine Creek Estates, you can find that at SCE Haunt on Facebook. Or check out our brand new website, it's still under construction, so please be nice. Uh, but you can check out our new website at scehaunt.com. Well, that is all that we have for you today. Happy July, everyone. We are just five months away from Halloween. 
and there is so much to do. We have been busy collecting doors uh, to use as wall panels because, you know, lumber is really, really expensive. And frankly, we just can't afford it anymore. But uh, so far, we have collected 133 used doors to be used as walls. So we are so close to meeting our goal. We just need 40 more linear feet of wall panel to make our to be able to build our dream design. So keep your fingers crossed for us. If you see any doors that are available in Maryland or Virginia, please hit me up. Let me know and I will jump on it. Uh, no panel doors, flat doors. No, no panels on the sides. Key. I'm starting to run out of those in my area, so I've got to start looking further. Anyway, I have 130 doors that need to get painted, so better get to it. From all of us here at Haunting You, stay spooky, my friends, and happy haunting. Bye, everyone! Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license. From Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com. <laughs>